Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Big Screens and TV Streams. It's Wednesday, March 8th, 2023, live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, alongside Victor. Welcome. How's it going, guys? I got popcorn in my head again, and it's so good. Oh, yeah, popcorn. Just a little bit of popcorn. Just a little. Just just a little bit. Yep. I had, some, I had a righteous bucket of popcorn with me for a movie we'll be talking about on today's uh, show here in a little Ooh. bit. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to talking about Creed 3. That'll be our featured review to kick off the show. But before we do that, give a hearty welcome to Paul. Yes. Yo. Oh, yeah. He's rolling. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Nonstop day of shows here in the GFBS studios. So we'll be talking, we'll be giving some plugs here towards the end here. Uh, Victor, I kind of gave a little note here at the beginning. I know we're, talk- we're kind of joking around a little bit before the show. We were hyped up last week. We thought... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was going to be the flashback movie of the week going into last weekend yes. into this regular weekday. Yes, but unfortunately, it was got we got the schedule mixed up. It's really going to start this Friday. It is going to start this Friday, and I and I asked my friend, and I made sure because I think I was so excited because my friend just showed me. He's like, "You got to see, you got to see this." And of course, I saw Turtles, and immediately I was like, "No freaking way!" And so I was like, "Okay, this is going to happen this week." But then I got my times and weeks mixed up because of my excitement. So it's it's happening this week this week not last week this week today this of this week so i'm very excited uh i can't wait and i hope everybody goes to see it um it's the 1990 live action ninja turtles movie thanks to jim henson god rest his soul because uh, honestly without them who i don't know where we'd be i don't know where we'd be <laughs> And, yeah, if people could tune into last week's show right at the beginning, we kind of did a nice little preview, just a lot of nostalgia, reminiscing on it. They need to find a way to make the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and just do a cut of the part from the sequel where they have the Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go little scene, iconic little... They can just get rid of Ninja... uh Anything after one. <laughs> you know, the second movie is pretty good for the I most like part. I like the second movie. Yeah. I know it was a little bit goofy because, you know, the darker aspect of it. But, again, it's based on a dark comic. What do you expect? You kind of have to expect that. And then when they say, oh, well, it was a little bit too violent, so we toned it down. And it was goofy and silly. The third one, I still like the third one, even though the Jim Henson crew wasn't a part of that technically. So I still love it. So a couple other little quick news bits here to kick off the show. I saw there was a passing in the Hollywood scene. Actor Tom Sizemore had an unfortunate brain aneurysm passed away just earlier this week at age 61 known for roles in heat saving private ryan natural brown killers but he also had a uh off and on history with substance abuse issues and other issues too kind of had a little polarizing career thoughts or just memories from tom sizemore from over the years i absolutely loved him in saving private ryan uh i loved his character in that natural born killers i'm going to tell you right now i can only watch that movie once a year because (laughs) Let me tell you something. Oliver Stone is one of my favorite filmmakers, and I swear, you don't even need to be on drugs to watch his movies. You're already on drugs when you're watching his movies. As Robert Downey Jr. said, working with Oliver Stone is like working in pagan Rome. So that, imagine that literally you're on drugs, and you're literally well, in pagan Rome. So. And, that and Quentin Tarantino wrote the script for that film, too. So it's like an awesome collaboration between right. the two. And that is, yeah, one of my all-time favorite movies. It, it's, an, it's an intense watch. It is. And he, he did not like what Oliver Stone did to his movies. In fact, he still complains to it uh, to this very day. And if you all want to hear the information please go online because it's it's just it's such a doozy man but it's so much fun to see two great directors going at it but paul any tom sizemore memories from over the years i can't picture the face 
I've he, seen, he, I've he seen was, these movies, he, but I can't picture who he was. He was the second in command for Saving Private Ryan, pretty much, under yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, and he, um, if you've seen in Heat, he is the second in command as well. He He's a very, very good, like... Uh, supporting role. Yeah, like, very good supporting actor role. Like, he always has done that, like, throughout his entire career. Sad that he did pass away, because I really loved it. He was a really good, just, like... St- he wasn't, like, a stand-in character. He was just, like, always in the action whenever, like, the main character is always in the action he's right there with them and i thought that was so incredible because he always played such a great supporting role and then the other thing i got here maybe just a quick little thing victor i know you're way more plugged into the mcu online community and just comic book scene in general but apparently just over the last few weeks since we reviewed it i guess there's been a big big growing discourse and this huge like mcu online community backlash at ant-man 3 can you clue us into what's going on there everyone's mad just because they're like oh well this is what this is what's opening us into phase five now i and and everyone needs to just stop okay yes this is not this is not the end of the world okay this movie was not that bad, okay? We have Guardians next, okay? Everyone's just mad because they're like, well, what's your end game? I asked the same question too. But everyone is, they're, they're leading up to something. So what they were originally going Galactus. to do, that's what I thought too. But then I'm like, okay, well, because they had children, they had all their children involved, but they don't even have Captain America. They didn't show his kids. They didn't show Hawkeye. They showed Hawkeye's kid, but apparently that's his partner now. So they're really confusing everybody because, again, they're taking every story like Secret Invasion. They're taking uh, they're taking uh, all, even Galactus's story, and they're mixing it all up. And because they now own the rights to every Fox character, that's Daredevil, X-Men, and the Fantastic Four, and they're mixing them all together, and they're bringing them out like next year of next year, it's going to be a little bit more confusing because now everybody is... So it's very granular level detail stuff. Like the hardest of the hardcore just getting just really just all kind of just... A little too digging into the weeds over the fine details yeah. and how they're ironed out on screen. Well, if they didn't time travel so much, time travel is a very simple concept. It's just that you guys do it way too much. X-Men, anyone? That's why things got oh, yeah. so Days confusing. Days of Future Past. Yeah. But that was a fantastic movie. Love Days of Future Past. Very good movie. But the only thing was is that because you had your older self meet your younger self, everyone got so confused. And they're like, well, how does this compute with this? And where where does this leave them off now? Because in Dark Phoenix, they kind of just oh, didn't gosh. explore that more with their younger selves. Well, they only have so much TV time or screen time to work with they, without having to overkill. Well, exactly. And because Fox pretty much was being taken over at that point because they gave them one last shot but then after the movie wasn't that was not that horrible but it, they claimed it was horrible they already gained access to them and now they're rebooting everything so as you can see Wolverine's meeting Deadpool and so and such so this is why everyone's getting their you know panties in a tizzy because everyone's like oh Ant-Man was supposed to lead us I guess it's interesting you, you bring up Deadpool 3 that's one thing I forgot to include within the past week they did confirm it's going to be R-rated for yes. Deadpool 3 so I was that was a huge surprise. I'm surprised Disney is going in that direction. So That's what I thought, too. But I know Kevin Feige, he 
fought for it. Yeah, he fought tooth and nail because he was like, no, we're not doing this. This isn't kid-friendly. Everyone will literally, like, kill us if we make this PG-13, so we're going to make it rated R, and I know Ryan Reynolds would kill us the most, so. And then, Victor, I see you got a shout-out in the live chat from user Vashuda. I don't know if you're familiar with that one from the Twitch comments there. I don't know if that name rings a bell. I do not know. Uh, If you can present your name, uh, I gladly will say yes, Django, because that's my Facebook name, uh, since my other Facebook, Victor, is unable to get access to. So, But yeah, you. if anyone's tuning in the live chat on GFBS, on our social media channels on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, interact with us in the live chat. With your questions or comments, uh, we'll be talking about a lot of stuff Yo, today. Yo, it's Derek, bro. What's going oh. on, man? Hey, what's going on, Derek? What's going on? Oh, so oh. this isn't just some like dude like putting on lipstick in his basement? Like... No. Old high school buddy. If you, if you don't know what that reference is to, you, you just have to watch an Adam Sandler movie to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Well, well Derek. I love you, Paul. <laughs> please interact with us in the show. Any questions or comments are welcome. And for all everyone else tuning in live, we want to hear what you have to say about what we'll be talking about. But before we jump in, we want to make sure to give uh, some love to our friends at the Southtown Poorhouse, where Every day is a great day. Got to make sure to stop in for their awesome drinks and, of course, happy hour. Buy one app, get one half off every day from 6 to 8 in the evenings. Don't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays and their killer steak specials on every Thursday from 5 to 8. Also, make sure to check out their website, SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com, to stay up to date for the latest bands for when they're playing live. This weekend on Friday night, they'll be having Sushi Roll playing. And on Saturday night, they'll have DJ and the Atomics. Both bands are in their regular rotation, and they keep having them come back for a reason. That's because they always bring the floors jamming. Make sure to check them out. Southtown Poorhouse, located at 2015 Library Circle, next to the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. So big thanks to our friends at the Southtown Poorhouse. Yes, oh, and oh. as and as the as the chat goes, Derek. Yes, Derek and I did go to school together a very long time ago, and I can't believe you're on here, man. This is so nuts. This, yeah. this is crazy. Enjoy the show, man. <laughs> We're about to go for a ride here, and I guess I kind of got one news item that kind of segues into our first review. As I mentioned earlier, I did that on our Facebook preview post the other day. The main featured review for today's show will be Creed Three. Last week's show, we were all pretty much closing the show, going up. We'll be reviewing this next uh. week. And it was interesting because we were trying to remember, like, you know, we saw the previews, didn't see no Sylvester Stallone in the previews, and it's been a few years since I've seen Creed 2, so, Paul, I think we are kind of talking, like, after the show, like, hey, did, did they kill off Sylvester Stallone in the end of Creed 2? Because we know in Creed 1 you had the cancer, did that catch up with them, and it's been a few years, but... Then when I kind of remembered after the fact, it was like, oh, wait, no, they didn't kill him off. He kind of reunited with his family at the end of Creed mm. 2 with his son. Mm. And But that wasn't the case. Um, he's not in Creed 3 at all. Uh, c- small spoiler, I guess. But, you know, he wasn't showing the previews. And, like, he's not even mentioned by name in mm. Creed 3. There's, like, a couple, like, indirect references where, like... Uh, The Damien character, played by Jonathan Majors, goes, remember when your dad gave the Philadelphia underdog a a shot at his title? You know, can't you do the same for me? But they don't reference Rocky Balboa by name, which is just bizarre. (laughs) And, like, not even a reference to going, oh, yeah, Rocky's out with his family. You know, he's there when I need him. But so... And then I kind of looked at the news to go, all right, what's, what's going on here? So this is what I found out here. 
apparently there's huge creative differences. Sylvester Stallone said in interviews he did not like the darker take for this film, uh. which I didn't think it was that dark. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not too much. We'll get into it in a bit here. And there's also conflicts over the ownership rights of the film and characters with Erwin Winkler, who he originally started the, the film with. I guess he's had the rights to the create the character and the film all these years, uh. and this guy is like 95, 96 now, Erwin Winkler, and he still won't give up the rights. I guess is from what when I looked more into it, his kids are in Erwin's uh, kids are in his ear saying, "Nope, Sylvester Stallone can't have the rights to this uh. or share the rights." So, so Sylvester Stallone's kind of combined those things, and that's why he is not in Creed three. So, what, what do you make of this? You, I mean, should there have at least been a reference or just a little cameo or something? I, I think there should have been at least been a mention to his name because if that's the case, then I I thought originally it was because uh, you know I remember watching Rocky Balboa, and I remember him and his son. He had argued with him, and then the two of them had gone their separate ways. And then, of course, they didn't talk to each other for years. And then, of course, here came this family dynamic where, and I was like, oh, wait, he didn't die. No. And I kept thinking he did die, but I'm like, because I went back and watched all the Rocky films, and I'm like, oh, that's right. In Rocky Balboa, he, him and his son got into a conflict, and then both of them did not see eye to eye, and they separated from each other. But then, of course, in the second one, he got to reunite with him. And then, of course, he was like, I'm going to lead you to your journey now. This is your time. This is your moment to shine. So I'm going to just back off a little bit and let that. So I thought he was just like sending him on his way, like handing him the torch. And then it was like, now it's up to you, kid. Go ahead. And that's what I thought. But then I'm like, this actually makes more sense because I know that he, uh, he had not only wrote the character with him, but then he actually got him started with that iconic Oscar-winning script. And yes, Rocky did, for those of you who do not know, Rocky, the first Rocky, won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, and so I'm really surprised. And Best Picture. Yeah, so, exactly. Because yeah. he, won, he won for Best Original Screenplay and Best Picture as well. And they also won for music as well because I remember that Oscar year. And man, that was... Those were good music. So that was the Bill Conti piece, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm, Gonna and, fly now. Yeah. Iconic in American pop culture. Oh, yeah. It's, it is still in my workout uh, playlist for a reason. That is some same. iconic uh, workout music right there. Same. And if you want to climb the <laughs> stairs of Philadelphia, that's the one you go to. So. Oh, have either of you been to Philadelphia? I always hear from people who tour Philadelphia, go there for vacation. That's on their to-do list. That's like a must. You yeah. got you to gotta go up the Rocky Steps and do your dumb little victory pose at the top. Yeah, it's movie history, man. You got to. <laughs> so let's jump into Creed Three. So that backstory out of the way, this, the, pretty much the general plot point for this is Adonis has been thriving in both his career and his family life, at, but a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy services, and that's Jonathan Majors, you know, Kane the Conqueror from... The recent Ant-Man 3 we were talking about a little earlier. And the face-off is more than just a fight. So we see Creed 3 kicking off. He's fighting the main villain from the first Creed film, uh, pretty Ricky Conlon. And they hyped up the fight as as Adonis's final fight. It's his retirement fight. Mm. And he kind of makes quick work of pretty Ricky, huh? Uh, yeah, he that guy didn't even last very long. It was like, a, I wouldn't even say like a Mike Tyson fight, but I would have to say, yeah, because that guy did not last very long. <laughs> well, I think they kind of cut to the movie mid-fight. I want to say it was like in the later rounds or something like that, but they, they're kind of doing the typical Rocky type. Mm. Oh, you know, Adonis is looking like he's on his last breath, but mm. nope, makes the... The you know the you know by the numbers you know the feel good comeback win there I and mean, he's yeah. kicking off the film with a feel good victory kind of mm. like Rocky two against yeah. uh, the or Creed two with a with his old trainer from Creed one. Mm. 
So then from there, we, we kind of get a flashback. What do you make of this? A flashback sequence of, uh, you know, young Adonis and young Damien, like in their teens. And Damien's like a, you know, a hot prospect boxer rising up the amateur ranks. And Adonis is just still a kid, kind of his early teenage years, kind of riding, you know, carrying his equipment with them to fights. And they get into like a, after the fights, they're stopping at a liquor store to get some snacks. And they get into a scuffle. And Damien points a gun, and Adonis manages to run away during the scuffle while Damien gets hauled off by the cops for 18 years. What do you think about this interesting flashback sequence to early on in the film to set up Damien? I think that was really, like... If you if you've ever been like with your friend, your childhood friend, and you you guys were just having a good time, and these guys were just trying to hassle you, and you know you couldn't help because you're young and you you wanted to say, well, I could show these guys like in two seconds. Well, then of course when he pulled the gun, that was when everything changed, and he got in trouble, but he his friend didn't, and that was where it was like, oh shit, now what do I do, mom? I, oh wait, my parents are not around me so what do i do so i kind of i gotta had to run away and you're and he's young and it, it, it you know this kind of stuff shouldn't happen but it does where you escape and your friend doesn't and then do you blame your friend well you did bring a gun to a fight so you could have just scared him and but uh, i mean i liked it but i was i felt bad for him because i'm like he shouldn't have you know he Guys were hassling him. You should have arrested those guys instead of this guy. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It was very interesting to set up, and then they kind of have the re uh, kind of the introduction in the modern day to Damien or Jonathan Major's character in the modern day, where he's waiting outside for Adonis out in his parking lot by his car. Just like the face off between those two, that prov- that kind of had in it, like just this. You could just feel the yeah, you, the like the tension the, yeah. being cut with a knife. Completely. Yeah, exactly, exactly like, what oh I was going to say. Yeah, oh my gosh, Paul, thoughts on Jonathan Majors? What he brought to Creed three here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't remember a lot of the movie after I got out of it. I wasn't too impressed. Um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. It's been a you know about a week or so, and you know, I just. One of the things I didn't like about it, though, is that they just kind of, like, buddied up right away. Mm. You know, he's like, oh, I just spent 18 years because of you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I miss you. Okay, let's go shopping together uh-huh. and, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. And, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it could have been a little bit better. I was thinking it was going to be, like, you know, Rocky Three mm. with Mr. T kind of premise. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean... I'll watch it again. I'll, I'll, I'll get. I'll give. I'll give a second opinion. The son of Mr. T returns. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Well, it's, yeah, they, you, you, you kind of tell that they try and be try and bury the hatchet a little bit yeah. right, right from the start. But you know, in the early scenes of the film, you could tell there's going to be a lot of back and forth between Damien and Adonis here, and their friendship quickly takes a quick 180, like in the first act. By the end of the first act of the film, because they're he. Damien just wants to go through Adonis to get set up at now Adonis is in retirement. He mm. want he's running this training gym, setting up new he's the he runs a gym that's training the new champion of the uh, world, Ricky Chavez. Uh, and that's yeah, that's or excuse me, Felix Chavez, played by Jose Benavides. I'm probably pronouncing that a little bit wrong, but uh, and then they're trying to look for a new challenger for a fight, and they got this big fight lined uh, up with Victor Drago from the previous Creed film, and it's good to see him back. But no, no Dolph Lundgren by his side anymore, oddly yeah. enough. So, but shenanigans happen, and Drago gets hurt, and he cannot 
fight. So then Damien takes that opportunity to be like, let me be the last minute substitute. And then you get to the core middle fight of the film where it's, it's, it's uh, uh, Felix against Damien and those two middle fight of the film. Yeah. And they kind of present Damien, you know, like, wait a second, there's this guy who hasn't boxed in 18 years since he's been in jail, mm. but he fights dirty yeah. and he's still, he's still stayed in shape all these yeah. years. And how do you like setting up for the middle act middle fight? I liked it just because I knew what he was trying to do as, uh, you know, his, uh, cause Adonis, uh, his coach was, uh, saying he was like, you know, Damien is not your friend anymore. Like the guy you knew then, he is not the guy you know now. He is fighting the world and he wants a, t- a shot at you. So he's angry. He's hateful that he's trying to fight everyone around him. Like he's a caged animal ready to just pounce on anyone who stepped on his like toes. And that means you too. So I think their friendship ended the, the moment those two met when they met each other yet again in the parking lot there yeah because he knew because he knew that you know oh sure i'm your buddy you know whatever i go shopping with you whatever but i'm trying to figure you out and i want to make sure that everything i figure you out on like i already know that you have a wife you have a nice house you have everything and i'm going to make sure your empire just crumbles so this is why he did that guy so dirty he beat the fool out of the kid and of course it was supposed to be a sparring match no no this is an official fight oh this like but everyone thought he was like a long shot didn't stand a chance but he ended up you know he he, he throws some dirty punches some elbows and he winds up leaving uh felix chavez in this moribund state where he he has to get get an ambulance out of the building well i feel i feel like that was more of an exhibition kind of fight like it was supposed to be like a kind of like a sparring match a little bit because you know most fights when when you're like okay like we're, we're gonna go hard on each other but not like super hard but that guy literally no he he wanted to like mike tyson that guy and make sure that he didn't get back up at all so before how we get to the, how the film wraps up just kind of curious you know they show a lot of uh, adonis you know the family life he's always kind of still like the first couple of creed movies pretty hard-headed with uh uh well, tessa thompson returning as his wife bianca but now they got their daughter the deaf their deaf daughter played wonderfully i thought by uh, Amara Creed, played by Mila Davis Kent, I thought did a fantastic job establishing that father daughter re- re- relationship. You know, adding the unique dynamic where she's she's deaf, but they don't really draw attention to it. She she just is. I thought that the way that kind of reminded me. I know I referenced before when ha- how movies portray handicapped characters, but uh, with with the um, the um, gosh, what was that one? I'm completely forgetting the name. That one film, uh, the Road oh, Warrior, the latest oh. Road Warrior one. Uh, not Road. Uh, oh, I thought you were gonna say Baby Driver because no. he actually was death in that movie. Yeah, not Baby Driver, but uh, not death. Um, well, the one Mel Gibson one that they did a remake of with Tom Hardy uh, recently. Not, oh, yeah. uh, Mad Max, Mad Max, yeah, Road, the, where how that lady had a uh, where Charlie Theron's character was had a prosthesis arm or whatever, but they mm. didn't even draw attention to. It. I thought like she just kicks ass. Mm-hmm. It, Joseph with Amira's character here, they show her maybe teasing her to maybe to be maybe next in line where she's, I thought, some awesome scenes mm. learning how to box with, with her dad. <laughs> I thought they were doing that kind of like a tribute to Muhammad Ali because I know his daughter was once a boxer and then, she, of course, she stopped to become a mom. So I thought that that was kind of an awesome kind of reference there. But then I'm like, well, you never know. It could be another sequel. So we don't know. <laughs> it could be a secret. <laughs> All right. So. Well, get, we get to the final act. They kind of build up where they have this, you know, Damien challenges. Uh, he wants to be, you know, he w- doesn't want to prove he's like a paper champion getting this lucky, fluky win over this Chavez. So he, he challenges Adonis to the big 
to come out of retirement, final match, uh, final fight. Uh, I always love analyzing the final fights in Rocky films and how they go about it. Usually, they, you know, the quote-unquote go the distance. They do 12 rounds in here. And the, I, I guess I heard, I was reading interviews with My- Michael B. Jordan. I guess he was inspired by anime to do the fight sequences for, for, for this box. I didn't pick up on that vibes while watching the movie. I read the interviews after the fact. But I guess they do, do to handle the middle rounds of the film. They kind of do this weird dream sequence where they're like fighting mm-hmm. in like a prison cell of sorts. Mm-hmm. How, how, did you figure, how did that translate on screen to you? I liked it just because I felt like that was more their arena because I felt like he he's like, you should belong in here too. So if you're going to like, you know, fight me on this level, then you should be in here too. And I, I always felt like when when usually in the end of fights of Rocky films, which I really love, like like you, Dale, I always like where... When you all, when everyone goes the distance, like even in uh, my favorite one, of course, was when he uh, Stallone took on Drago, and the two of them because he because Dolph Lundgren's such a huge man, yeah, and he and Stallone told him to hit him as hard as he could, and he did, sending him to the hospital, mind you, um, but it was a great shot. They got it, and he came back after that, and they did it again, um, and luckily he didn't hit him so hard where he hit him, he was sent him to the hospital yet again, but he but he certainly went like for real and. And, I mean, my gosh, like, wow. They don't they don't play in these movies. So. Paul, any of this ring a bell at all for the final fight sequence or the little dreamscape sequence they did in the middle rounds, anything like that there? No, actually, um, now that I'm trying to think back on the movie, I think I probably dozed off a couple of oh, times. Oh, no, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> oh, hey, we've all been there. I've, I've been there and wanted trying to squeeze in a movie on a hectic day and then just fell victim to I was just, yeah, it's, we've all been there. Yep. But all I... Right. I, I love the final fight sequence in here. I thought they, they I thought they mixed up good, nice new way to handle the middle rounds in there, and the post fight resolution to kind of have the heart to heart with Adonis and Damien there. I think both actors just really in the moment, kind of having that heart to heart reconcile, uh, right? Yeah. How, how, how did you, good thoughts on how the film wrapped up? Final verdict? I liked it. You know, and 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 being that this was his first uh, feature film debut, uh, he did great as an actor as well as a director, and he obviously knew what, he, what direction what to take the film. So I mean. First director slash actor kind of thing. He did a great yeah. job. So yeah, props I, to Michael I, I B. Give, Jordan. Absolutely. And plus, like I said, these guys got absolutely jacked for oh, this yeah. role. So. I guess we should mention good training montages. Very. You can't talk about a Rocky movie with the training montages. I like how they handle them. You got freaking Michael B. Jordan pulling a fighter jet. I know, man. Oh, my God. It's like, who are you? Dude? Yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah, Michael B. Jordan pulling a fighter jet because I mean, if Rocky IV, you got him pull, pulling his family in a in a ox wagon or something like, up a mountain, and yeah, so now here we get. How can they keep one upping themselves? We have Michael B. Jordan pulling a freaking fighter jet. <laughs> yes, I'm not. I cannot. It is a smaller version to point out, yeah, but, but but still, <laughs> like this is something. Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, like I when I looked at this film, I was like. Oh my gosh! Like, like you can't like Dale said, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, I kind of got everything I want out of a Creed, uh, Rocky slash Creed movie. I think this is a big step up from Creed Two. Mm. Didn't hate Creed Two, but I thought it was a little bit, bit of a step down from the first Creed mm. film. I'd rank this of the three Creed movies, maybe just a notch or two under the first Creed. Mm. Still, almost right up there though. I really love yeah. this movie. I I was the same. I I I, I give that. I like the second one just because I, I love that Dolph Rundgren came back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the throwback references yeah. to Rocky Four that was good, good nostalgia fun too. But yeah, but um. yeah, the darker take that they took was this with this one. I really liked. So and it seems Ron Domenos is on the same page. Critic aggregate 
aggregate score 87 percent, audience 96 percent. so yeah, yeah seems, seems like thumbs up all around to go see creed 3 which is a first because i i didn't think they would go that far but i guess they did so i mean critics you know critics and and their their little opinions but otherwise yeah wow <laughs> okay all right i think there's a reason that rocky defranchised from them what what's your take <laughs> oh, i don't think it was that good Oh, for Creed Three, or yeah, yeah, I can see why they're just getting away from the Rocky brand altogether. Yeah. I always just seen with Creed Two is focusing more on on Adonis's character. Yeah. Uh, first one is a lot big focus on Rocky and kind of meeting Adonis and, and kind of establishing him there. Second one kind of seems starting to you know focus on Adonis's story or Michael B. Jordan's story. Now the third one, now it's all on him. I maybe in the first or the script that Sylvester Stallone maybe he saw his character was more of an afterthought or minor supporting player than what he envisioned. So I could see that being an issue too. Yeah. I think it's just because like, I don't, I don't think a lot of people, when you do a franchise and the older generation and the new generation comes in, you're, you're hoping that it's like, you know what? We did this to the best of our abilities and we, we got there, but then here comes the new kids and it's like, we hope you don't screw it up. <laughs> all right all we <laughs> well we need to move things along here victor your fill your head uh topic for the week here i have is you shouldn't have to pay for other people's stupid mistakes so kind of curious in what what direction you got us for for this week so like i said when i saw the the creed film um like we were just talking about uh not too long ago with the uh with your childhood friend, of course, uh, and the two friends, of course, were just hanging out and trouble ensued and something occurred that shouldn't have occurred, but it did. Um, and this and not and, and, you know, I could relate a lot just because I've been there, so to speak, where your friend like everyone has a path to go down. And when you go down a certain path, you hope to God that your friend will join you in that path the right path, I should say. But again, everyone has their own path to go on. And whether you choose to do the right one or not is really all up to them. But the point still remains, I guess, is where, just like in this Creed film, you you hope to not have them like go on the darker path because, you know, sometimes people have a dark way of looking at things. And sometimes when you look at things you don't want to do, like... Say your friend, of course, says, oh, let's steal something. Like, why are we stealing something? What do we need to steal it for? We have money. But it's so much fun. We can get away with it. It's so easy. And, again, it's that taking that easy way out. And the more you take the easy way out, that's pretty much your whole life already, just taking the easy way out over and over and over again. And that's why I say you shouldn't have to pay for other people's stupidity, and that goes for anyone in your life. I mean, even if the people don't do that still, like, or if you just meet, like, if you have an acquaintance or anything, it's it's, it's sometimes, even, like, with an old friend, it's really hard because you love them, you want them to do great, but because... You haven't seen them in so long, and it's it, and they look at life a little bit different than you. Maybe not as black and white as you. It's kind of hard where your head's kind of bash, and your your kind of moral conflicts do arise, and it's it's very difficult to kind of you know say like let's go a different way, or I can show you a different path. Like, and they're not bad people, to mind you, ladies and gentlemen. You know, some people are just misguided in their ways, and. You know, yeah. not everyone lives the same life as everybody else. So Yeah, I early dig the timely analogy with Creed 3 we talked mm-hmm. about with you know, 
Michael B. Jordan catching up with Jonathan Major's characters. Yeah. All this time has passed. You don't know if they're a different person. Mm-hmm. How do you interact? You pick up where you left off. Yeah. Like nothing's changed, or yeah. obviously things have changed, and you just gotta get by that shaky in between period until both people are starting. Like okay, now now we're back to acting like friends again. How yeah. do you go from there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because again, it's uh, the the other fill your head segment that we did last time uh, was actually well. The last time, the last time, excuse me, uh, was uh, what was the final lesson, Uh, not only just as a teenager, but as an adult, you have to learn that, you know, everybody wants closure. I certainly want it. I hope everybody else wants it. But even as a teenager, you're not going to get it because not everything is going to be wrapped up into a cute little bow. I hate to say it, but it's true Um, because what you thought then and you know now, believe me, two different like entities there, because I promise you. Everybody wants that same relationship they once had or the same friends or the same things or whatever. And I tell you, as you get older, man, believe me, things change like that. And that's why I like Sheldon because he hates change of any kind. But he had to learn that as he got older, he's like, well, things aren't always going to be the same. Leonard's not always going to be with me. He's he's with Penny now. So, I mean, things change rapidly and we can't do anything about it. All we can really do is just – don't force. Just ride the wave, man. <laughs> and I promise you, riding the wave is way better than forcing because I used to do that too. And, man, once I let go of the reins a little bit, it, it got way easier. And I didn't want to admit it, but it, it certainly did get way easier. So. Those are some fitting metaphors to wind it down with. Victor, thank you again, man. Of course. Always looking forward to what you have for us each and every week with Fill Your Head. It's so, such a wide range. Always appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, well, let's, let's ride the wave with our friends at O oh for Heaven's Cakes, mm. where there's nothing better than treating yourself or riding the wave with O oh for Heaven's Cakes with their homemade baked goods. And they have the best cupcakes for special occasions or just a treat. I know just yesterday I made one of my weekly stops in there. I had a peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter cup cupcake. Mm. And those are just always a marvelous treat. Always look forward to my weekly visit there. They make incredible specialty items by order or just walk in to find out all the stuff they have available. And while you're there, enjoy homemade lunch and soup with keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options. And if you want, if you're a business owner and want to make sure to treat your employees right, make sure to ask about their employee specials and discounts. So Ofer Evans Cakes are located on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-CAKE, or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. That's O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're looking for a cake job, well, O for Heaven's Cakes are hiring as well. Make sure to stop in and inquire about their employment opportunities. All right, we are back on big screens and TV streams. Victor, you said you had a chance to see another movie this past week in the new Guy Ritchie film, Operation Fortune. How would you pronounce the subtitle? Rustigeri? Uh, yeah, French? Rustigeri. Yeah, it's French. Yep. Um, I was really excited. I, I love Guy Ritchie. And not only did he do this film, but he does two films per year. That guy's always on fire. I, I, I loved him ever since he did uh, one of my other favorite movies he did, which is Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Such a great film. And it's even a bagel joint, you guys. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Bagels the coolest name for a bagel shop mind you um but this this movie was so cool um i i love jay i love the fact that he and jason statham have such a great like 
collaborative relationship with each other, and they always do movies together. Because um, this is what Jason Statham's leading up a team of his like recruits for like this kind of like international globe trotting spy action thriller, right? Yeah, and uh, these these guys do not play around, um, of course. And Hugh Grant, uh, who is the villain in there, he plays a really good villain. <laughs> I think he should have just played villains his entire career. Because seems like it's been a spell since we heard from him. Yeah, he uh, after that whole little. Uh, uh, <laughs> hooker incident that yes. he had. Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of why you don't hear from him anymore. But he's he's now um, playing villains. Uh, like I said, he's played uh, not only in this movie, but he played years ago in The Gentleman uh, with another Guy Ritchie film, which is really good um, and great cast with Ma- um, Matthew McConaughey in them, and uh, of course Henry Lee, who played Snake Eyes, which was so. It's so good in that movie. Um, and this movie is just filled with action and just hard hits, man. And Jason Statham, he has not lost a bit of his touch in this movie. He just hits harder and harder every time I see him on screen. Um, and like I said... Even, I was going to say, does he still have it for being an action oh, lead in yeah. films? Oh, yeah. He has never lost any bit of his touch. Like, his edge is just even more edgier in this movie. Every hit that you hear in this movie is just like, bang, 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 and even, like, harder. And he, he's and he's literally, like, giving them a warning. He's like, don't want to do that, man. Come on. I'm going to let you off with an easy warning here. And, of course, they just push him even more. And he just makes these jokes, man. Every time he hits someone, he's like, I warned you. <laughs> it's just crazy seeing his transition because the first time I ever saw him uh, was in Snatch. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yep. You know, yeah. it, like, he doesn't do any, like, martial arts or anything no. in that. And, but then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, hold on. This guy's, like, a total badass. Yeah. Like, who would that's the guy from snatch yeah and (laughs) well funny thing um and this is a fun fact um when he was young his uh, older brother had defeated him in a fight and ever since that day he vowed that he would study martial arts and he vowed he would never lose a fight to him ever again and my gosh man if you've seen him in movies like the transporter series or even i love him him the, the two crank films the most i mean my god one of my favorite scenes that he ever did in in transporter when of course he's fighting in uh in this garage with these guys and literally he covers himself and what what does this badass do he covers himself in oil and literally these guys are trying to grab him yeah bike pedals yeah and he just covers himself and they're trying to grab he's like slip slip and then of course what like paul said just takes these bike pedals and use them less as a badass weapon just bam bam kick after another and man if you know him for anything his martial arts is just so on point in this movie like his kicks are just everywhere i'm like oh my god and this movie just like this i really wish he would continue to do like martial arts in every film he does but of course he's gotta dial it back because he can't kick everybody's ass i guess speaking of dialing it back i saw some of the i was kind of reading just some quick recaps of him doing quick some little prep work i saw there were some scenes involving hacking and sneaking in to kind of mix it up a little bit to kind of have a nice way to kind of get the pacing down pretty good would you say in here he they did such good like the 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 fact that they did the sneaking around was just the stealth mode of it was so cool. And the cool thing was is that they did what I thought they were going to do. What he did was when he was stealing one of the uh, dude's uh, jewelry, he had literally pumped the, the house full of – like the rooms full of gas and they all like just were out. And of course, Aubrey Plaza – and I love her in this movie. She's so freaking funny as she is in, in any movie for that matter. She's like, okay, every one of them is out. Enter the house. So they do it like 
lickety split. Like everyone's out, enter the house, do this, do this. It, it's just like quick work. And it's just, it's like clockwork, literally. Everything in the safe was there. Every, and of course, um, if you ever heard the song, uh, The Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, what a beautiful way to sneak, <laughs> to do a sneak montage to that song because it's so great. And of course, when he gets outside, he finds these two guards. And I love how Guy Ritchie, his filmmaking style is just like, he shows you what happens. So he cuts, he, he literally does a cut. And then, of course, it goes back to the characters explaining what happens to these guys after they tried to, you know, he's like, don't shoot. And, of course, he shoots his foot, beats the dude, like, literally breaks the guy's nose. He's like, you shot me in the foot. Well, you shouldn't have, you know, said anything. But. Sounds like there's a ton of really good just, like, action and stealth set it's pieces so, throughout. It's so good. And I love what he does. Like, he, he did, it's like going back and watching Snatch or watching Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which is literally, like, going back to his roots. And, and the two of them... We're just so good in it. Anything they do is so much fun. It's just a fun action spy thriller. And the fun thing is, too, is Josh Hartnett. I love him. He, I, and the reason I haven't why, seen him in anything for yeah, a while. Yeah, and that was um, – and you, the reason why you have not seen him in anything is because back in the day, he used to be a hot commodity in the 90s. But he turned down not one, not two, but three roles as Spider-Man, Batman, and, of course – Captain America and many other superhero roles. Why? And, yeah, he was like the big hot uh, rising star from like the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he turned down a lot of money. Yeah, he was. But see, at the time, you know, and he was rising, you know, in his popularity. And of course, you know, actors some want to do superhero movies, some don't. They don't believe in it. They're like, oh, I don't know if this is really my style. I don't know if this is really my thing. So once he said that, he was like, oh, instantly blacklisted. Oh, no, no more. Bye bye. They're like, oh no, you, you gave us a cold shoulder too many times. Yep, oh, and man. it's like. Bye-bye. <laughs> hopefully this could be a nice way for him to earn his stripes again. To hopefully he did. And give, studios give him a chance again. He did. And hopefully, yeah, because this it's, he has real talent. And I loved him. I, of course, loved him in The Faculty. I loved him in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, I was going to say Black Hawk Down. Yeah, absolutely like, loved him in that. Uh, I loved him in all those movies. And truly, he he's just such a good actor. And it was so sad. Oh, and oh. Um, it was a very good independent movie, one of the most controversial independent movies. But he was in, um, but he was so good in that, and I really hope that they put him in more movies now. So, so safe to say that this is a high recommend Operation Fortune. It is. It's just it's nothing but just fun film rocks, and I love that he just. I love the fact that he also like ties into Miramax because he did that in The Gentleman, and Miramax is no longer owned by the Har- uh, Weinstein brothers. It is owned by. They said it was owned by Matt Damon originally, but I still looked back at the and they didn't give a clear cut who owns Miramax now. It's a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> it's Miramax just, it's, mystery. But it, if you look at if you watch the movie The Gentleman, Mir, they're actually in the Miramax building. They filmed in the Miramax wow. building. Dang, they're just good. they're just going for all the deep cuts and fourth wall breaking they references. They do, and that's why I love his films. He just nothing but fourth walls. Well, I see on Rotten Tomatoes, it seems to be. Uh, I mean, critics still fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I agree. I think that's good. I think anything at least fifty or higher is good for Rotten Tomatoes because for me, that's saying at least half the critics like it. For me, so that's saying it's a coin flip. It and, is. And the audience aggregate is much higher, 83%. So it sounds like this is a, a solid bet. It is. It's just it's just nothing but fun. And plus, it's it's Guy Ritchie and Jason Statham. Come on. He, he's still at his peak, man. He's, he just can't stop him. Come on. It's Jason Statham. 
All right. So, Victor, I know you sent me the message. I don't know if you have something for us this week, but I know in the last couple of weeks you've been alluding to the big act. It's time for your action figure showcase segment. I do have it. And, I, and I'm this, this really. Is, this is the one you've been hyping up? This is the this one is I've the been one. hyping up, literally. And I. Because I, it got delayed a couple of times, right? It, it did, but, it, but like I said, it was coming, guys. You just had to give me a little time. And, oh, and my you got gosh, all the time. I, oh, man. I'm just so excited to show you guys because literally, this is. The figure, literally, that I've been hoping for. And, my gosh, here it is. Well, wait, wait, one oh, sec. Oh, oh, wait. We're getting our popcorn ready for this. Oh, for, 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 oh wait. Where? It's there. Pikachu. Yeah, Pikachu. Pikachu. There it is. We're getting our popcorn ready for this action figure reveal. Victor's going to, and we're going to give it a drum roll for the ultimate reveal. Victor, what do you got for us this week? This was the ultimate, literally. Look at this, guys. This, now you may think, oh, this is just another Batman figure, Victor? Oh, no, it is not just another Batman figure. This was literally the Batman figure I've been searching for for years. This is the definitive Batman figure because check this out, everyone. Yeah, be ready to be amazed. Oh, what what's this? Oh no! This is like oh, like the nineteen seventies tape, oh, right? Look at that! Oh yeah, it spans out. Yeah, and he can now glide through the skies. Yes, because I am Batman. It's just so cool. This is actually literally this is from uh, Batman Hush, which is one of my okay. favorite comic yeah. stories. So as you can see, he has the short ears. Um, whether long ears, short ears, I still love you know that look for him. I saw the animated feature film of that. Really, yeah. really good stuff. And of course, you know he's got his blue and uh, gray costume the black costume was really really hard to get but I can't believe I got the blue one because. So how did you get this from? Is this a NECA joint or a McFarland? No, or? this is Mayfex, and Mayfex literally. I know they've had some problems in the past, but once I saw this guy, I literally just fell in love. And I, the cape, guys. Everyone said this cape was too much. I'm like, it's Batman. You can never have too much cape on Batman. I mean, you can literally do anything. You can literally like have him peer in the shadows, you know, do well, the mysterious thing. Or you got, you got to have the, the iconic Batman where he's just like. Yeah. Yeah, under just, a cow. Yeah, and just literally just like on the rooftop, just like in rain pouring down on him and just covered in his cape. And and literally, I played with this thing for hours, and I still do. Because, I mean, come on. It's Batman. You can never have too much cape on this guy. And my gosh, you guys, he's just covered in it, and it's just so cool. And, of course, the fir- the one I showed you originally with from Batman the Animated Series, which I had for many, many years, this was just like this. And it was going back to my childhood when I literally had that figure for so many years. And he can use his cape for as a, as a parachute and, and just like literally as a glider. And just like this one, it's just like this one. But he could just like spread his cape out just like in the Arkham games, which is so cool. And I mean, like, it's just I, I love this figure. I really do. Like, I give it so many points because I have to say, this is literally my definitive Batman figure. So was this like a limited run online then, or you had a special order? Could people go into like hobbyist shops, maybe? It, it was really hard to get because uh like I said, there are two versions of this. So there's this one and it comes with the unmasked head. Um there is also the black version, which is really, really extremely hard to get. Like, oh my god. You'd have to go to Italy, you have to go to Rome, you have to go to uh Malaysia to get that which again kind of boggles my mind because you wouldn't think that those places have action figures but then again i i get i didn't know that but now i know again uh the more you know the more like i said the more you know um and of course tokyo which is the huge 
toy spot to go to, which I wasn't going to go to Tokyo, and I had no trip there, so I said, well, let's get this one. This is from Oklahoma, which, again, is not really that far. I, I guess if you drive there, yes, it is that far, but I guess shipping-wise, not really that far. And like I said, I got him for a good price, uh, and it was really just interesting to get it all the way, even though the Mafex is a Japanese company, um, and they're really precise about their figures, and they, my gosh, they do just, as you can see, look at him. He's just so cool. He's Batman. Look at him. It is pretty just, cool how you can adjust that cape to do yeah, whatever. Yeah, and that's why I was, like, freaking out literally when I first got him, I, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you can look at his cape. He can do, he can just fly, and he can just, like, glide, and he can just, like, be, I'm Batman hiding in the shadows. Cause well, so is that a collector's thing, then? I mean, is that, like, worth, like, Tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, <laughs> Dare we ask? It, yeah. uh, honestly, uh, I wouldn't say tens of thousands of dollars. Um, Hundreds it, of thousands it, of dollars. Yeah, I mean, ten, I mean, heck, there are some figures, man, literally, where I've looked in them, and I mean, my gosh, these are like a fortune. Like literally, they're like solid gold ones that I've seen, and yes, those are like worth a fortune. So I would suggest you should not. look into BT's. Uh, yeah. Sports card and memorabilia show coming up. Yeah. I, I heard. Actually, yeah, Dale, you mentioned that not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, I think I might have sent you a link uh, earlier this week. Yeah, we interviewed him in the show. He's owner of Rumors Sports Bar and Casino across the hall from us, and he's running the uh, sports card and memorabilia show right in the old Bingo Palace location, just a couple doors down to the oh, yeah. straight ahead to us to the right where the old Bingo Palace used to be. And, yeah, he, we, I know uh, Paul asked a question in the chat. We'll be doing comic book stuff there. And he said there will be, like, one or two vendors that will be that will have comics there and some other Dude. comic merchandise. So if you're looking to sell some stuff or buy some stuff or, or trade, the, there you go, this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Man, heck, yeah. I probably I probably have to go there, man, because, heck, if they, if they got something that I, I – I'm a comic book junkie, man. I so I know I'll be there. I talked to a guy I know who's huge into sports cards. He asked me to join him for the first couple hours of the show, and I'm going to bring my little stack of sports cards, see if people will buy or trade or whatever. So never yeah, know. you never know. But yes, I I had that, and like I said, this was the figure I've been waiting for for years. Um, I I I don't think I'll do anything to it because I mean it's just perfect the way it is. Well, There's Victor. Just- I'm so happy, dude. It seems like you've done them what, about 20, 25 of these uh, action figure showcase, and this seems like this is like a top five candidate of all the ones you've done. Uh, I mean, I've I've had a lot of them on here, and it's, it's just I, I I love it, man. Like, like I, I have another one for you guys, but I'll do it next week right. because, like I said, you know, I I just had to show you this uh, guy. This off. one you've been waiting for so long here. You gotta yes. let him have the segment to himself. I know, man. I, I I tried, like I said. I know it was a little bit of delay, but like I said, you guys, you just had to give me some time. And man, look at him. I'm Batman, it's here. One more round of applause for Batman here. Good stuff, Victor. Can't wait to see what you got for us next week. Very excited. Uh, before we get rolling here for our next segment, we're going to give a shout-out to our last sponsor at for the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Barn Grill. We want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. Both of them are located inside the River Mall in East Side. Now, you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant at the Shire or take your meal to the movie you'll be attending. Some of this week's movies that are playing right now are Ant-Man 3 Quantum Manium that we already talked about a little bit at the top of the show. Cocaine Bear that Victor reviewed last week. Mm. Also, Year of the Dog is still playing. I know that's up for some Oscar awards. And uh, this weekend's big release opening tomorrow. There's a few of them we'll be talking about in a little bit. Scream 6, Champions, and 65. We'll be talking about them here in a little bit in the next segment. Those all open tomorrow night. And they'll be starting their... 
playing uh, it right from there. So you can find our complete listings of showtimes at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesdays, $5 movies all day long and the 550 Senior Matinee Special on Wednesday and Thursdays. River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners, expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the company that also runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. Visit morefamilytheaters.com for their showtimes. Okay, speaking of movies and what's coming out... Well, really quickly... Uh- don't we got a uh, dinner and a movie certificate over there? Oh, yep, yep. All right, so first person to go to gfbestsource.com. That's our website. Click on the contacts tab. <laughs> Contact us right on the top of the web page. Yep, and then all you got to do is put in your name, your email, and then the answer to the question, and you will win $25 gift card to the Spud Jr. and two tickets to a movie at the River Cinema, which is basically right across the street. All right, so for trivia question, we'll make it an easy one, one you can easily Google. So Scream 6 is a big movie opening this week. So very first Scream movie started off with what a person thought when they did the previews for the movie that it was going to be the main actress for the entire film, but she got mysteriously or surprisingly killed off in the opening like five, ten minutes of the movie. Shocked everyone and led for many Scream movies still being released to this day. Who's the actress that got those big name A-list actress at the time that got killed off at the beginning of the very first Scream movie. Uh, so you could, you could easily Google that or YouTube to find it out. Yeah. What's that? Oh, yep, 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 yep. Their name may start with a D, so there's a hint for you. <laughs> so, uh, yep, yep, yep. And she, she may have been the lead actress in The Wedding Singer also. So there okay. are some big hints for you. Gotcha. That's like the biggest, come on, guys. guys That's I, like I gave the you biggest two, hint yeah. in the world. Two big hints. So who's the name of the actress that gets killed off at the beginning of the very first Scream movie, the very first kill? So go to gfbestsource.com, click the contact us link yeah. on the top of the website, and or email local at gfbestsource.com. I was thinking of the Wayans Brothers. Oh, remake of Scream. Oh, scary movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what oh, I was, yeah. I, I was but, thinking of that one. But wait, just what? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So if you do that, you win two free passes to the River Cinema, uh, two free movie passes, and also a $25 gift card to the Spud. Dinner and a movie. Can't go wrong. All right. And actually, we're going we're gonna to spice this up a little bit. So either answer is acceptable. Okay. <laughs> the one that you said at the beginning of Scream Mine will be the, the one that dies off in the beginning of yes. scary movie. Okay, there you go. Either or. Double, yep. <laughs> double your chances to win. Okay, so noteworthy movies hitting uh, the River Cinema and just streaming services this week. Noteworthy releases here. We got Triangle of Sadness hitting Hulu. It was in a limited run kind of in theaters for a bit there or just like various streaming services. It was hard to watch. But now it's on Hulu, so now it's about the fashion model celebrity couple that join an eventful cruise that capsizes, and they kind of got to fight for survival with the super rich. So, Victor, has this been on your radar? Um, Weirdly enough, no. They didn't. See, that's the weird thing about, like, streaming services. They don't. Certain films, they present previews, but this has not come up on anything. I know this has been up for some Oscars. I've been wanting to see it. I know uh, we're tied with one other GFBS, uh, John Brodine, who's he's on the Berkshire Hathaway podcast every few mm-hmm. weeks here on GFBS, and he and he gave it a recommendation. He said he saw it on not – it wasn't available on a streaming – it was on a rental s- streaming service, so he rented the movie oh. online and yes. saw it that way. So I'm, I'm like, all right, it's on Hulu. I want to see it maybe hopefully have a review for it next week. Also hitting this week, Daisy Jones and the Six, a streaming series via Amazon Prime Video. Now, just the description brought back memories of Spinal Tap. It's a 
faux documentary based on a book that was a faux oral history of the greatest 1970s band that never existed. Thanks to drugs, power clashes, and electric chemistry between the two leaders of the band, their fame was short-lived but legendary. And this uh, is on Amazon Prime Video. Ah, uh, the 70s. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yes. Next up, I know, Paul, we saw we were talking about this hype, uh, and Victor, too, I think, on our Super Bowl previews. Yes. It was one of the many that impressed us. 65 hitting yeah. theaters this Friday or Thursday night. Adam Driver plays a pilot who discovers he's actually crash-landed on Earth. But 65 million years in the past, now him and only one other survivor, played by Ariana Greenblatt, must make their way across an unknown train riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in their fight for survival. Yeah. This looks pretty damn cool. Oh, yeah. Or pretty damn promising. Dinosaurs, man. Let's go. Dinosaurs with modern-day technology. It's a huge just cross yeah pollination versus the future (laughs) next up another film hitting theaters champions it's uh, kind of like a feel-good family sports movie here where woody harrelson stars as a former minor league basketball coach who was ordered by the court to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities he soon realizes that despite his doubts together this team can go further than they ever imagined and finally, we already alluded to it with our trivia question, Scream 6, releasing in theaters this weekend as well. And it follows the, following the latest ghost face killings, the four survivors, including Courtney Cox and Jenny Ortega and Melissa Ber- Barrera, they leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. So though the Scream movies are always guilty pleasures. I think I reviewed the last, I think it was just last year, the previous one released, right? Mm. So, yeah, I'll yep. I want, yeah, so many movies to check out this weekend. Holy moly. I, I mean, the only thing I will say is that for this screen movie, I'm like, you thought it was smart to go to New York City, one of the most dangerous cities ever, to escape a killer? Come on. That's where you started to make a fresh start at? Come do you guys, on. Do you guys got a pick for this week to see something that catches your eye? I want to. See, I want to see sixty five, and yeah. I want to see Scream because yep. and Champions too. But I, I want to see those ones because I want to see sixty five. Yeah. Same Scream I, and sixty five. I keep seeing that Daisy Jones and the Six pop up on my suggested like box thing. But it's it's I actually popping up everywhere now, just because I mean it's that now. See, in like I said before, with trying. Uh, the Triangle of Sadness, those didn't, like, come up on any previews. No. But the, Daisy, like, in the in the 6, that has been popping up everywhere just They're because... They're giving it the hard promotion. Yeah, like there Amazon must be, There Prime. must be some LGBTQ bullshit in there. But it's the 70s, though, and I don't oh, know no, how... But it doesn't matter. As long as there's some of that in there, they, they got the advertising <laughs> rights to... Push that, shovel it down everybody's throat. I wouldn't think they would do that, and especially because it's it's dealing with a bit like kind of like a Fleetwood Mac dynamic, where of course this guy makes a record with a girl, and then he falls in love with the girl, and then his wife kind of has a problem with it. So it's like, oh, okay, we're doing that triangle dynamic again. Okay, well we'll see where that happens. All right. Well, those are our upcoming releases uh, hitting theaters and theaters this week. Moving on, we got some GFBS plugs for some coverage going on some other GFBS shows this week. Check out tomorrow's Dirty Thursday as they continue their salute to women interviewing the better halves of race drivers with tomorrow featuring uh, the wife of Wade Nygaard, one Amy Nygaard, and... BT was in the studio. We already referenced it just a little bit ago. Owner of Rumor Sports Bar and Casino for the GFBS Monday interview to talk about the upcoming sports card and memorabilia show hitting the Grand Cities Mall this Saturday. Also coming up on this Friday's new episode of Weird Wrestling, Iki Ichabod will be continuing his featured highlighting of weird non-wrestlers such as Paul Heyman, Bill Alfonso, and Judge Jeff Jones of ECW. 
All this and many more shows you can find every week by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast, social media, and streaming audio apps. All right, guys, final segment of the show, quick takes. Anything you've watched that we haven't covered yet this past week or planning to watch soon that we didn't talk about? Paul! All right, well, so, yep, just did the last uh, episode of The Last of Us. Penultimate episode. Yeah, this one's going nowhere. It's just turning into The Walking Dead. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I guess last... I've never watched Watching Dead, so I can't make that uh, comparison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last three episodes, you haven't even seen, like, the fungus thing that the whole, yeah. the whole thing is supposed to be, like, premised around. It's just, yeah. oh, okay, we're just going to well, keep running into There, there was and... one one episode, the, the one that was trapped in the mall, but that was it, just yeah. one. Yeah, And this episode, yeah. none. I was surprised, yeah. yeah. yeah they show that's... more in the game than they do here. Yeah. That's what happened to The Walking The Walking Dead. It started out with zombies, mm-hmm. and then after... From season two to season fifty-eight or whatever they're mm. on, you, you don't even see zombies anymore. It's yeah. just them running into different like clans of people that are all yeah. trying to survive. Like the the clickers that are in this, they don't exist anymore. This this has just gone down the the lost road. I th- I think it's more because when it, this like Walking Dead, and it's funny you mentioned that because when Negan came on. That was when the whole game completely shifted. And everybody, instead of zombies, it became like a just clan conflict. So everybody was like against one another. And it's the same as this too. I think it like the monsters were kind of just like a background character in this case. It's more about the humanity of the conflict now. Yeah. Like the mo- like we see, we saw one fungus in the mo- which I thought was so cool again. I felt bad for the guy who had to sit in the makeup chair for hours, but it was still cool to see him do it um, and how they yeah, put it none. together. But yeah, it was. It's really sad that they had to like show I, him I once don't... and not show him again. So. Oh yeah, for the one in the mall there. Yeah, because yeah. he was really really cool. And I hope that he would come back. So. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I you know, I guess I don't mind the way they shifted up. They mix it up. Some episodes let's focus on the zombies. Some let's not. Uh, uh, this episode, was, I thought, was a, definitely a big uh, step up from episode seven, where you focus on now picking up where they left off in the present with Ellie hunting and trading with this ravenous uh, church cult, and it kind you make a thing where Ellie gets gets taken by them, and you think that uh, that uh, uh, Joel's going to come and save the day, but no, it's Ellie fighting fighting her way out of there, kind of doing the against all odds, insurmountable odds, and do, make it this convincing comeback against them where it's like she shouldn't be fighting back but mm. through fluky just blind luck mm. and just trying to get them when they're not looking i thought they did a really good convincing job while trying to fight maybe not by the looks i'm seeing on you guys to no get, to i just feel it. no i just love paul because paul paul's just like not even in paul i, I already <laughs> say to presume that you're you're kind of paul's already written the show off but there's only like a couple episodes left you're just kind of just you're you're sticking through it through tooth and nail <laughs> I just, yeah I just love paul's reaction paul's like no paul's, paul's just like not even Screw this show. After this last episode, I just I, I realized like the show is going absolutely nowhere. Like it's it's just being pointless. I don't know. And there there was an awesome cameo on this this episode. Did you see the behind the scenes after the end, the last few minutes there, the interviews with the characters afterwards? Yes. Yeah. Very uh, awesome cameo from uh one of the last of us uh characters from the video game, actors in the video game. I did love that. I but yeah, I'm I wouldn't say it's going I wouldn't say it's technically going nowhere. I just I so I think because of that whole little car commercial episode, which I think you all know we're talking about. Oh right. About, yeah. That was kind of where 
it shifted. And I know again, and this is this isn't faulting anyone. It's just to be fair. I know everyone's trying to relate to everyone nowadays and trying to appeal to a certain demographic. But you got to remember, everyone. You can't always appeal and to every demographic in the world. You got to find balance, and you got to. It's the stories, man. You, the stories mean more than the demogra- I mean, the demographic itself. Just because, again, they want to see actual monsters. They want to see stories. They want to see a surviving human story with monsters in it. If you're gonna add a lot of the, you know, LGD. QQ, whatever, all that stuff. You, you can, and that's fine, but will and grace it. You know, willing, and when I say will and grace it, the show, why Will and Grace was such an iconic show in the 90s is because, again, we knew the characters were gay. We knew that that was their lifestyle, but that was not all that defined them. They were funny, and it was, they, again, it was their whole demographic but again it didn't touch on that specifically we knew about it but it wasn't a huge character in it so basically what we're saying is the story's there you just you just gotta just take it and grind it up and then make it the character itself you don't have to add gay people it's not what defines people the story is what's there the meat of the story is what's there everyone you just gotta find it other stuff doesn't matter Unless it's a, a monster in The Last of Us. <laughs> exactly. Unless it's a monster. You won't, you won't, you won't be finding one any time soon. Let's Paul, I think you had, three episodes. I think you had a couple other quick takes there. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah so I finally uh, st- uh, checked out Violent Night. I, I didn't finish it. I got about two-thirds into it, mm. but that is hilarious. <laughs> like uh, that, that is good watching. Yeah. So I'm with you a thousand percent. I, I reviewed it a few months back. What a fun, dumb Christmas action movie. Yeah. David I kept Harbour. putting it off. I'm like, this is going to be so stupid. This is going to be so stupid. And then I watched it and I was like, this is so stupid. It's awesome. <laughs> I know you're texting me a little bit of your live <laughs> reaction. It's like, hey, don't mess with Santa. He just wants his milk and cookies. And yeah, if you mess man. with him that way, he's, he's out to get you. And, yeah. da- and David Harbour. What, yeah. a, what a treasure. But yeah. He's he just is. a badass. Yeah. Just what a treasure he is. <laughs> And, yeah. Any other quick takes, Paul? Uh, last night, so this I just added this really quick, but I watched the. Uh, this is going to be taking everything by storm, uh, especially a Netflix special with Chris Rock doing <laughs> stand up for God knows how many years it's been. Yeah, he hasn't oh, done stand up yeah. in a while, or is this his first one in a while? Yep, and he he's he's angry. Oh yeah, yeah gee, I, you wonder why? <laughs> oh no, he knew? he puts he puts Will Smith on blast. Uh, he oh, he calls yeah. him out. Oh yeah, like there's no holding back there was just full guns ablazing on the man yep <laughs> like yep. it's just really bad <laughs> yeah he just he just calls is that what the whole specials about or does he hit a lot of other stuff no too, no or? he does all, he goes against the the whole wokeness mm. and it's just so how, and how, <laughs> he's basically the from the, what i thought i'm like okay you're jumping off of the coattails of um dave Chappelle mm. because he's you know the one that's like so the controversial comedian mm. that's going against woke culture now Chris Rock is doing it too. Like it seems like he kind of ripped off his idea, but at the same time, I watched it and I was like, "That was pretty damn funny." Found yeah. found a way to make his own. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Victor, you saw it too. Yeah, and Chris Rock, dude. Just I remember when I was a I was a teenager and I wasn't allowed to watch any of his specials. He, it's like watching his HBO specials again. I mean, and my gosh, Chris Rock, he he just doesn't hold back. Just like Dave Chappelle, I wasn't allowed to see his specials either. But man, they both of them, and because they're friends, and they've been friends in the industry for so long, both of them have this style that they, I feel like just going back to their roots of Richard Pryor, 
like just not in Eddie Murphy, just absolute raw, not holding back, all no holds bar comedy. And that's what comedy should be. And I think just attacking woke culture at this full no holds bar, that's what that's what you guys need to see. And it, it's like Paul said, it's freaking hilarious. It's Chris Rock. Paul, any other uh, quick takes for the week? No, that's it. Victor. I'm just a, like I'm really excited just for the Ninja Turtle movie to come out. Like I said, because again, 1990 was such a promising year for films and everything. I'm very excited to see it on the flashback. I'm really, really excited. Um, new Ninja Turtle figures are coming out, which I really can't wait to show you guys. Because honestly, Holothon has just been uh, just nothing but a jerk because they've been teasing me like forever about these figures, like new Triceraton figures coming out, the new Leonardo, like IDW Ninja Turtles are coming out. And that was in a toy, it was a toy magazine that I did look up and I really was excited to see. Um, and I can't wait to guy. I can't really wait for, to show you guys what Holothon has been doing because my God, Spawn's coming out and Batman's coming Big out. Big line of new figures. Just everything is coming out so quick. But again, they're teasing it's so tempting. It's so annoying. They got to they they work that promotion game, right? I know, but it's like, geez, man, like, where are you going to do it? Like, first, it's Target. They're going to be having it out there. There's Walmart, and then there's GameStop. It's like, pick a venue and just stick to it. Stick to it. <laughs> like, oh, literally. Man. But, yeah, like I said, I'm just excited for everything to come out, and hopefully once the winter showcase is, like, completely done, they will, like, ship it here. <laughs> like, And it's just like movies. They got to go all around the world, especially independent movies, and then they come back here. So hopefully, like, when they're done all around the world, just come back here. Come back. Oh, any other quick takes for the week, Victor? Uh, like I said, man, I, I'm really excited, of course, again, for uh, – Michael Keaton. I, I'm very excited for him to come back as Batman because, again, just presenting this Batman right here just got me all excited to talk yeah, about Yeah, we're Michael getting closer Keaton. and closer. I know. And, and Shazam's coming out pretty soon, yes. like I said. So I'm like, let's go, guys. Keep that comic book love rolling. I know. That's it. That's it. That's all I have. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll keep mine quick. I saw a movie you mentioned. A co- uh, actually, it was over a month ago when we reviewed it. I was looking up. A Man Called Otto. Yeah. I caught that at the theaters. I'm right with you, Victor. Absolutely love this heartwarming story of the cantankerous old neighbor played by, you know, just wonderfully played by Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. finally meeting his, uh, a new friend against his will. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, the theater was a bit busier than I thought. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, this movie's been out for over a month, but I saw, well, I saw it on a Friday night and quite, it was not like packed, but I want to mm-hmm. say there was probably like 30 to 35 people in theater, which mm-hmm. was more than I thought there would be for a movie that's been out for like five or six weeks. Yeah, and it's it's just because I think Tom Hanks, I mean, what a what a national treasure he is. And this story, literally, I think anything he does, just it, it just warms your heart just because he is the everyman. He is the every guy that you want to be in rom-coms and action movies and, and even in dramas. The man just kills. And then just a couple other quick things. Uh, latest episode of Picard season three, like how that's going there. This don't want to get my hopes up because I know the last two seasons started off some strong early episodes, but yeah, it continues where Picard and, and Riker, they, they command a ship because the main uh, captain gets hurt. And so they have to take over and then they instantly become at odds. And then you find out more about Picard's son there and, you know, their, uh, their relationship and will, will they or will they not make amends and just how things go from there. 
watched a ton of sports last week, but we'll be talking about that on a special Wednesday edition of Fork Sports Highway tonight at 6.30. Um, and then continuing up the new season of A&E WWE documentaries, I saw they did an a killer Jake the Snake's documentary where um, he has a very dark family background where they, they he holds nothing back. Jake Roberts, he, it, it's some very, very, very dark stuff on his family life and then just kind of covering his whole career and trying to make a redemption story about it because he... A lot of the time, the running story in wrestling storylines is what Jake the Snake Roberts is still alive. There's been so many videos of him wrestling at low rent indie shows, drunk and wasted. Mm-hmm. And but you know he managed to turn things around this last ten years. And just seeing the whole story come full circle and how he turned things around is highly recommended. Check out that check out that A and E WWE documentary on Jake the Snake Roberts. And they did another one on the rivalry of mankind and the Undertaker and how it all culminates with their iconic '98 Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Damn, I'm old, I'm old, Victor. That, that match is 25 years old. Where Undertaker chucks mankind off the top of the Hell in a Cell. You remember that? I do. I, oh I, my I, gosh! If, if there's one thing I gotta tell you guys, Undertaker is my boy. Him and his brother Kane, like they, they're so awesome, man. And of course, I love every time. I, I always love when he does the eye. Like, just he doesn't have pupils in his eyes. Yeah, rolls just, eyes oh back. Oh, my God, I love that. Great stuff. Oh, my God. And then, yeah, they, they got new interviews with both McFoley and Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, about reflecting on it all these years later. And then new interviews with Jake the Snake Roberts and his family for his documentary. Yeah, great stuff. And then this weekend, I'm going to be planning on watching. I'll be interviewing the filmmak- one of the filmmakers behind it, uh, End of the Rope. It's oh. an upcoming indie film. They'll be playing at the local theater here, River Cinema. Uh, we'll be interviewing one of the filmmakers a week from today, and I'm going to be checking it out this weekend. Looking forward to checking it out and talking about it. The same filmmakers helped make the movie Sanctified. We interviewed them also on that several months ago. So hoping that's going to be, yeah, looking very looking forward to checking that out this weekend. So, yeah, those are my quick takes for the week. And with that, we will wrap things up by giving a shout-out to, to, again to today's sponsors at the River Cinema 15 in the Shire, Oh for Heaven's Cakes, and Southtown Poorhouse. We want you to join us every week, every Wednesday, live at 1 p.m. on gfbestsource.com or the GFBS channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Find past episodes by subscribing to GFB, GFBS everywhere you find podcasts. And as mentioned earlier... Make sure to help support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website. And also, we got that contest we mentioned a little bit ago. Win a dinner and a movie, two free movie passes, and $25 gift certificate to the Spud by hitting the GFBestSource.com website. Hit the contact us link on the top of the page or email local at GFBestSource.com. Who did they kill off at the beginning of the very first Scream movie? The lead act, same lead actress from The Wedding Singer, who starts with a D. There's your hints. And, or, or also, like Paul mentioned, who did they kill off at the beginning of the first scary movie uh, film? Or I, I think, or think about it like this. He, she is, like, best friends with Adam Sandler. Like, and she's yeah. been in many films with this man. We couldn't spell it out more for you. So, yeah, when free dinner movie, email us your answer to those questions, local at gfbestsource.com. All right, many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. And again, shout out to Derek, man. It was great to even hear from you, man. I hope you're doing great. Many thanks to our uh, flawless victory producer, Paul. Woo! Give him applause. There we go. And many thanks to all of you for having us part of your day. We will see you next week, probably with reviews of 65, Scream 6. It's going to be a big show next week. Very much looking forward to it. We'll see everyone then. Goodbye.